guys, I'm David with Transparency Fitness Live, and today we're with Becca Pike, and I'm going to let her introduce you. This woman has done all kinds of things, and uh, I'm just I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Becca Pike. I am a wife and a mom of four. I am a forever athlete, so I was excited to uh, come on the show with you and talk fitness as well. But I own Massage Strong here in Lexington and Hell Yes Coaching, which is an online business mentoring company. Yeah. And uh, and you have a podcast as well. I do have a podcast. <laughs> this is I... like the time to plug your podcast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't worry. I will. Okay. Good, good. <laughs> no. um, it, it's a pretty awesome podcast. I've listened to a handful of episodes. And if uh, especially if you own a business, she has a lot of really good information. Uh, she, you just do a really good job of getting the right information out of people to help them move forward with their business. Yeah. Thank um, you. So... Um, you mentioned you're an athlete. And honestly, I have no idea uh, outside the, all the business stuff you do on the athletic side of things, what, what your uh, sport or activity is, I guess. Yeah. So um, in high school, it was basketball and volleyball. And then I went to college and I did some boxing and bodybuilding. Yeah, I know. And now it's post-college. It's been it's been CrossFit for years. I mean, I'm probably on my ninth year of CrossFit now. Really? Yeah. Okay. I uh, I did I've done CrossFit like two or three times and uh, th that was more than enough for me. Yes, <laughs> I know, right? It's hard. It's, I've been doing it for nine years and I still can't do all the movements. Like to this day, I still can't. There's things I just can't do. Oh yeah, and but I, I just accept it. I'm obs I'm obsessed with CrossFit. So uh, do you keep up with the games? I do. I really want to like like spend the weekend, get a hotel room, and actually like go go to the games. Yeah, you I should I, this year or next year. I think I'm going. Yeah. To. What's funny is um I was on a flight down to Miami okay. not too long ago. And I got seated next to this guy that had CrossFit all over him. Like he was just written in CrossFit. And I looked at his shoes and they were nobles. And I was like, okay, this guy's an athlete. He sits down. He's like a bodybuilder. And I'm just dying to ask him, you know, as CrossFitters. Right. I like, I've drank the Kool-Aid. Well, you know what the old joke is? How do you know if someone's a CrossFitter? They'll let you know. They'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So I lean over finally and I'm just like, do you CrossFit? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And, uh. Anyway, we get to talking, we hit it off, we have the best flight, we're just talking, he's talking business, we're talking CrossFit, whatever, and he's on his way down to Wadapalooza, and he was like, you're going down there for Wadapalooza, right? And I was like, no, I'm actually going down there for work. And he was like, why don't you follow me when we get off this plane, and I want to introduce you to someone that's picking me up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so we get off the plane, and I follow him to the gates and out the door, and Noah Olson pulls up. Oh. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was like. Noah Olson is picking you up. And he was like, yeah, it's my buddy. It's like one of my best friends. Took pictures with Noah, hung out, high-fived, and then texted everyone I knew that I got to see yeah, got Noah to Olson. Noah. <laughs> but I totally got starry-eyed for well, a minute. My, my, my CrossFit hero is uh, Tia Tuma, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, and uh, Matthew Frazier, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. You can't get better than that. You really can't. So I'm looking forward. I guess they're starting up here in like uh, this month. Did I they already so. have the first th – this month or the first week of April? And they you know, the ever since they switched the games around and, like, changed up regionals and all that, I've had a hard time keeping, keeping up, up with, with it. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, yeah, it still feels new to me. But, yeah, it's it's coming up. So, and it, I guess it doesn't feel as strong without Matthew in there for I some know. reason. Like, I like I think he I think he would still be beating Maduro, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird without him. Just hitting things over here. I know. Sorry. I've had um, a lot of caffeine. So you've been doing CrossFit for nine years. Where do you, where do you CrossFit here in town? Um, right now I'm at CrossFit 859, and I've okay. been at 859 for probably like five years. Okay. Yeah. I, I was um, at CrossFit Maximus. I actually worked at Maximus. Do you know uh, Aaron Hopper? 
Yeah, I'm really good friends <laughs> with Aaron Hopper. Or I was. I mean, not we. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a I while. Seen him, I haven't seen him forever. Well, I think he kind of got out of the the workout game. He still or, has Wildcat, his, doesn't he? No, he sold it. Oh, did he? Yeah, he sold everything. So he went back to work uh, wherever he was doing before the gym. Oh, okay. Uh, but he was probably one of my largest influences for getting into him and uh, Chaz Clifford. I don't know if you know Chaz. Uh, he's another. He's another personal trainer. We're like when I was in my. 27 28 years old they're that they were like huge influences in me getting into working out yeah so <laughs> yeah yeah aaron and i um he used to come to massage strong back yeah. when i was still massaging and you don't get to know someone better than in a massage room when you're stuck in a room and it's quiet for an hour and they come to you once a week for like a year you know what i mean like yeah. conversations happen you end yeah. up getting to know people it was one of my favorite things about the job back when i was doing that um and so i got to know aaron really well and then we both really enjoyed talking business and so oh, we yeah. would well because he's he's always thinking about the next business to start mm -hmm. yeah his he's brain a true entrepreneurial brain yeah. yeah it just never stops he's always yeah. working on something yeah i agree so um so have you ever competed in crossfit or has it just been more of just a uh, a fitness discipline for you just to kind of stay fit keep the mind healthy yeah i've done very small like small town competitions um but no, I've never tried to go anywhere with it. I right. just I, I like it for the the mental release. I like it for you know getting some of my competitiveness out of my well, body. You already have so much on your plate. Yeah, right. <laughs> the last CrossFit competition I did, I was running out in the middle of the competition to my car to breast pump because I had a newborn, <laughs> and then I would run back in and do some more competition. I'd run back out and I would pump. And uh, we ended up getting first place, me and my teammate. It was crazy. Okay. I was like eight weeks postpartum. So that was maybe, the last one maybe I did. You just found the secret. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> For all moms out there that just had kids that do CrossFit. Yeah, your hormones are really pumping at that time. <laughs> Good time to compete. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, I think if I ever did some kind of uh, competition, I think team's the way to go. Mm -hmm. I'm all about community, and um, we do um, – you're welcome to come join us anytime. We do something called Sunday Fun Day every Sunday. Uh, it's my own version of, I guess, a HIIT workout and CrossFit combined. So, like, uh, take a lot of the movements from CrossFit that I find to be safe to do multiple reps if you ha even have, like, bad form and incorporate those uh, and then take stuff like some of the HIIT stuff um, and kind of make it more extreme and kind of – mesh those together that makes it safe and modifiable for any any level yeah that sounds super fun it, it's a blast yeah. uh so we're actually in the middle of doing a 30-day cut where we're pretty much doing those kind of workouts like every day well, we're up to five days a week right now for the wow. last two weeks wow that's crazy so anyways um so you also have massage strong which you started what about four years ago five years ago yeah i would say it was about five years ago um yeah, I started off just as a massage therapist. I went to Lexington Healing Arts Academy. I was working for a chiropractor for a while. And that chiropractor every Sunday would allow me to see my own people and keep 100% of the money because the office was shut down. And it was interesting. I feel like on those Sundays, a entrepreneurial beast was born because I was working Monday through Saturday for him, making, I don't know, $13, $14 an hour. Um, and then on Sundays, I would get to see my own people, and that would equal, with tip, it was like $80 an hour. And so oh, wow. I would make more money on a Sunday than I would Monday through Saturday combined. It's really hard to keep that Monday through Saturday up when you make oh, more money. Oh, man. Yeah. I I've, was like – I've it, quit jobs when I make – yeah. in a similar situation. And I had never really been around business owning. I didn't read books at that point on business. Like, I just didn't know much about it. But I was like, wait a minute. So, like, I could go rent a room – and I could make this Sunday money every day. 
and not ever work for someone else again. Like it was like a light bulb went off and then I did. And, and the rest was history. Yeah. And, and people out there, if you've got an idea, you've got a plan. Like I really don't be scared to, to, to make some efforts towards making that happen. Uh, or because, be scared and do it anyway. Or be scared. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I think every uh, most people, uh, unless you just have something really going good for you, or you have something to fall back on if if it fails, I mean it's a it's a big jumping off point when you quit your job. Um, I've quit my job probably three or four, four different times to go out on my own, and uh, about two or three years ago was the last time I did it, and I never have yet to have to go back to a conventional job that I yeah. want to. Yeah. Um, so it's it's it feels really good when you get going, you <laughs> you can pay for everything, and you're. Uh, and you're doing what you want, mm-hmm. you know, but for some people, they're fine doing the nine to five. They like whatever yeah. they're doing and that's fine for them. I don't think everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. It's a lot of but work. It's a lot of stress for the ones that do. And like we like, you know, it like it's in your heart. It's in your soul. Yeah. Like you can't deny how you feel about it. Like I knew I was an employee for a long time, you know, doing odd jobs here and there. And I was always a good employee. I showed up on time. I had a good attitude. But I knew deep down that I never wanted to have a boss again. Like there was something in me that was like very fierce. And when I finally learned how to channel that energy and I started reading business books and listening to business podcasts and stuff, like I was like, oh, I'm never going back. When did you realize? Like what, at what point was it? Was it at that point it was when you realized that the, the, the difference, like I could be making more money and I could do it on my terms? Yeah. And believe it or not, I know it sounds crazy, but like it just had never occurred to me. Like I just didn't know how business owning worked I just didn't and so I started from literally square one I was like okay like I I can rent a place I know how to do that I know how to rent (laughs) so I'm going to find a room that I can rent and I'm going to charge money for my massages and that's as far as it went I had like a paper notebook where I kept people um like scheduled like a paper schedule and other than that, I didn't know how to run a credit card. I didn't know um, that I needed I needed like a business banking account. I didn't know that I needed an LLC or an EIN number. Like I just slowly and gradually figured all of that out. Same here. And then one day I did that for, I don't know, probably a year where I was just seeing my own people and I was making what I felt like was the most amazing money you could ever make. I was so thankful. I couldn't believe it. And then it was my brother-in-law that actually said to me, you know, you're going to hit a ceiling. Like at one, at some point you're going to hit a physical ceiling where you can't massage any more people. And when you hit that, you also will be in a scenario where you can't go on vacation. You can't take maternity leave. You can't do anything that you want to do without stopping your pay. And I had never thought of that. And I was like, well, I'm, I don't know, like employing people isn't for me. It's not something that I know how to do. Like I wouldn't even know the first thing. And, but the seed was planted and I started thinking a lot about how that would look. And I ended up hiring my first person. It was so sloppy. I didn't know what I was doing. I put like an ad out on Facebook. A lot of people, that's what they do though. It's, it's like, you've just got to do it. Yeah. And then you've, you'll make that mistake. You're going to make yeah. mistakes. And then you've got to be like, all right, not doing that again. Well, and then, so I ended up hiring this guy named Tim, who still works for me to this day. Okay. He's still at Massage Strong. He's so one so of the your top. first hire was a good hire then? Yeah, he's still um, he's still a top dog. He gets booked out for weeks in advance. His deep tissue is amazing. And I remember being like, holy shit. Oh, can I cuss on this podcast? Sorry. Of course. Holy <laughs> baloney. I can't believe that I would go home and I was a new mom, right? half of the time I was building this business, I was like waddling around super pregnant. 
but I was a new mom and I had never gotten home at like 4.30 or 5. Like that had never, I had always worked into the night. I always was like a cocktail waitress. I would do my massages until 9 p.m. Like I just hustled for as much money as I could possibly get. And I remember being like, oh, I'm going to go home at five. I'm going to pour a glass of wine and Tim is going to continue to see clients. And that money is going to continue to flow into my bank account, even when I'm at home drinking wine. And from that point, I never stopped hiring. I think I hired like 35 people in the next three years and um, the rest was history. Wow. So you have 35 employees now? Uh, I have more than that now. Yeah. Really? I did not realize that it had grown that, that much. You, now, the, is the Manchester location still the same size? You haven't expanded any of the locations, have you? Well, so when I started, I was in a one-room facility. And then when I hired Tim, we shared that facility. And then I hired, like, three more people, and we outgrew it. So I went into a two-room facility, which we could have, like, a morning and an evening person in each room. You could handle, like, four massage therapists. But I was only there for six weeks because we grew so fast. So I moved into a five-room facility on um, next to White Castle on, is it, oh, Reynolds, Reynolds yeah, Road. Yeah, yeah, right next to White Castle. Yeah. And we were there for about a year, and then we built a brand-new facility down in Manchester, which is it's nine really rooms. It's really nice. Yeah, and then we built another nine-room in Brannon. So now we have 18 rooms. We can host about uh, 40 to 55 massage therapists total. Now – the reason I even found out about you guys originally when I reached out to you guys about doing some video work way back when, before the pandemic hit and ruined everything, um, you guys did a bunch of, did you guys do a bunch of YouTube and Facebook spending for it, ad spending at one point in time? Uh, yeah, we, we spent Or you probably ads. still do it now, yeah. but that's what, I'm, that actually, your, your, your ads were pretty good because that's what pulled me in. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, this is kind of a cool place, you know? Yeah. Uh, because of the way that you guys, well, you guys really presented yourself as more like, hey, if you're an athlete or someone that isn't just an everyday person that's beating up on their body more than normal in the gym, like we specialize in helping people like you out. Yeah. Um, which I, again, I think that you can have multiple massage therapists, but they can have very specific disciplines that they're really right. good at. That's specifically correct. within that, um, same thing like whatever a doctor wants to become a surgeon or whatever their specialty is. Yeah. Um, and so that really spoke to me as an athlete. Well, and this is, you know, the birthing of my ideas on simplicity and constraint with business. And before the mics turned on, you and I were already talking about constraint a lot. But one of the reasons Massage Strong did so well was because I wanted it to be simple. We offer deep tissue massage and that's it, period. Like this is where you come for deep tissue. This is where you come for pain relief. This is where you come for like that physical therapy aspect of it. And we had tons of people chirping in our ears saying, hey, why don't you offer... Swedish why don't you offer waterfall why don't you offer ashiatsu like all these other things and they didn't align with the brand that I was trying to create would we have made some money offering those things yeah for sure but like would it have diluted the brand that I was trying to build right. absolutely and now because we practice constraint because we left money on the table and like didn't didn't bite onto that so sticking to your original business yes game plan. and having an actual like having a niche and sticking with right. it and then hiring quality massage therapists to um reflect exactly what i was looking to build so so when do you know as a business and you know when do you know or when would you think you would know that if like okay i'm sticking to these goals and this is what you know and at some point in time, you look back and you're like, or you look at it and you're like, well, we might need to vary this way as well because this could be a really good revenue stream um, or not, or kind of stick to the goals. Because at some point in time, too, there's got to be 
growth within the business uh, to move along with just society in general, right? As, yeah. as things change. So when do you know to, to, to maybe go down a different path because it's the right path? It's time to make a change, right? One of the biggest problems that I see with entrepreneurs, one okay. of the reasons that most people aren't very successful is because when they're not seeing the success that they want to see, they're not bringing in the money they want to see, they assume that it's circumstantial. Right. They assume that they need to change circumstances. They need to offer a new service. They need to go a different route. They need to speak a different way. And when you do that, you stop problem solving for the original thing and you start all over. So instead of changing circumstances, I have my, my business coaching clients stay simple, stay exactly where they are and problem solve and figure out why it's not working. Okay. Right. So like everyone that has a business, I believe it doesn't matter what you offer. I don't care what you offer. I don't care what platform. I don't care if you're doing it on LinkedIn or Instagram, if your main source is through YouTube, whatever it is. I don't care if you're selling spoons or podcast equipment or massages. Doesn't matter. The service and the avenue don't need to change, period. Okay. And the minute that you start changing it, you're taking your energy and you're diluting it all over the place constraint is what makes people very successful so like yeah people come to me all the time they're like hey your coaching company you know you should have a youtube video you should have this you should do all these things you should do this the reason that my podcast has become so successful so fast is because i haven't done any of that right i have stayed the course i've learned everything i need to know and then the minute that it starts slowing down if there's a problem if um you know let's say my sales go down instead of changing the circumstances I change myself. I make myself the common denominator. Okay. And I go in and I problem solve for what I'm not doing or what I'm doing that is creating the plateau. So you you'd mentioned to me earlier that you only try to stick with a couple platforms. Yeah. So you don't you you don't do anything with YouTube then and the podcast. Like there's mm -mm. nothing there. I think my marketing team has a YouTube channel for me, but it's not something we're trying to grow. It's like where they just house a bunch of my stuff. Um Okay, so they're at least putting something up. So if anybody's searching for you on YouTube, there is some of your content out there. Maybe. I Maybe. don't even – I've never even typed my name into YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's out there. Fair enough. Because in my personal opinion, you should have a YouTube channel um, um, and you should have content on there. Now, it doesn't – like you said, it doesn't have to be something that you're trying to grow per se, but just having that there. It's just another set of eyes because, I mean, what if that gets you another – thousand views a year and they get you one more client you know maybe uh, or and you, don't you have could to take that energy and you could put it into one platform right. you could completely delete all thoughts and energy about youtube let's say that your platform is podcast you have a podcast right now right. i'm on it right so like you are you could <laughs> i am here right now <laughs> but you could take that exact energy of starting your youtube and thinking about your youtube and putting stuff on youtube and you could instead problem solve for how to get more ears onto this podcast. Now, I'm not saying either one's wrong. You right. could do a thousand different platforms if you want, but your energy dispersed across a thousand different platforms would go a lot further on one. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Yeah. I guess the, I, the way I look, and I don't know if you do video at all for yours as well. So like video, since we do video for ours, it's a little bit more intuitive to put it on YouTube because that's a good video platform. Right. right. Um, so, but if you had video content and your marketing team was already trying to, and they could put a little bit of time into cutting it up, because once it's, once you put a little bit of time into cutting it up and once it's on there, you don't have to work on it again, right. unless you're trying to build that platform. Yeah. So in the long run, the idea is that it would get you more, like 
it might be a little bit more time initially, but in the long yeah. run, it could it would pan out to where it's a lot less time. It is the way I think of it. Yeah, and it might as, be as, that your platforms are podcast and YouTube, right. and those are your two main things, um, for sure. But just yeah. something to remember, like every avenue that you have is its own business. And trying to grow seven different avenues is literally trying to grow seven different businesses because you have seven different audiences with seven different um, marketing like techniques that you need right. to figure out with seven different like types of messaging because like the messaging that you put on Instagram is very different than what you would put on LinkedIn. You got to learn that. And it's oh, like yes. across the board, just I believe I'm a big advocate for constraint and um, like running the same direction consistently as opposed to stopping and branching off okay. several different ways. And so far, it's, it's been I mean, extremely and, and successful. Why, and of course, why would you stop what you're already doing? Yeah. Uh, I was just interested to kind of see where you're coming from in that aspect. Because uh, yeah. I, I guess I kind of, I, I look at it like you, for me, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, uh, and Instagram I think that at least as a personal trainer and a production and running the production company, I, I feel like I need to be on all four of those platforms. But a lot of this stuff outside of the verbiage for each one is the same content. Yeah. And so once I've created one thing, then it's easy for me to get it out to yeah. all the other platforms. I also feel like I don't want to be influenced by the next up and coming thing because there's going to be 70 more LinkedIn's oh, and TikToks over is. the course of my life that get really big that everyone's going to be in my ear telling me that I should be doing it. And if I like step into those and become successful simultaneously, I'm going to always feel like I need to keep up with the Joneses. I'm going to always feel like I need to keep up and it's going to have this, what I call like chihuahua energy where you're like hustling, 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 trying to like do all these things when you could have what I call like lioness energy or lion energy where you're like, no, this is my Avenue. I'm going to master this and I'm going to quiet the noise while I make a shit ton of money and build these empires. Right. That makes sense. Now, would yeah. you ever step into a platform after just kind of like over time seeing that this, okay, YouTube looks like it's going to stick around. So, or, or, or Instagram or whatever. Right. And being like, okay, maybe yeah, this is an sure. idea to join the platform because I see that it's not going anywhere for a while and that maybe this could work. Like yeah, I'm absolutely. more of like an educator, more of just like, a, you know, viewing it ahead of time, kind of seeing, seeing if it's a good fit or not. Yeah. There, I think there's a big difference between joining a platform because you genuinely want to and think it's fun and you've done your research as opposed to like people think you should following the crowd, right? Following the crowd. There's been like, a lot of things that have died off that didn't, didn't really have the, you know, uh, longevity yeah. like social media wise. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if I had my way, I'd just say, let's get rid of social media altogether. Mm. That would be interesting. It would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out ways in which I can back off social media myself. Like I have a team running my Instagram account and stuff. I still get on there sometimes, but I really love not being on social media, like what it does for my brain and my. It's amazing. But the problem is I also feel like, you know, I need to, you need to kind of, Constant, not constantly, because I'm not constant. Maybe maybe a day or two in between posts, far as like on stories and stuff. But I feel like I think it's good. I'll have a story post about this just because I think it's good promotion for both of us and yep. to let people know what we're doing and what I'm doing. So it is. It's figuring out that. that yeah, balance. I like to uh, post and ghost. So post and ghost. No, yeah. no scrolling and taking in, but more just like I'm posting and I'm out. Right. So and I just do, and that's the thing. I mostly just do. Uh, the story post and then I have someone we get together once a week we shoot content and then uh, then he posts that all the next week yeah cool. so and so that way I don't have to worry about the main posts just yeah. 
making sure there's some stuff on the stories. Yeah. So, um, so what, what would you say some of your biggest mistakes or things that you fumbled on early on that you've learned from that maybe you could just, you know, give out some pointers for some people out there thinking about starting a business. I mean, Oh man, I've made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) So many. Um, but I feel like you've taken store of them more than the average person. Yeah. So I just did a podcast episode on this. So this is what sticks out to me the most right now. Okay. Um, in the beginning of Massage Strong, like not really understanding how to manage people, not really understanding how to hire properly. So like I think, and I see this happen a lot with a lot of my um, business coaching clients. Right. They hire someone to solve a problem for them instead of them solving it themselves and then um, hiring someone to it into action right so a lot of times people will come to me and they'll be like i need to hire someone because i can't figure out how to do x y and z but the problem with that is that they're the leader the business owner is the leader and so it's important that they stay the head of the company and they hire hands right so there's a difference between heads and hands the heads are the problem solvers the hands are the implementers and the laborers that put into action what the head decided right so when that gets um, mixed up, it can, it can cause a lot of tension. So right? if you let someone, you hire someone and then kind of give them too much control no, or, or not, not, not control, that. but it's more like it's lazy managing to say, I have this problem that I don't feel like figuring out. So I'm going to hire someone to figure it out for me. But the problem with that is that you're hiring someone and you're giving them no direction. You're giving them like, you're just hoping that they solve this problem for you. They can solve it a thousand different ways right but you haven't told them how to do it instead of saying okay i want to solve this problem um so you need to know the problem here's the problem here's the solution and here's what needs to be done to implement it now i'm going to hire someone to implement it okay right and a lot of times people don't realize that this is what's happening when they're upset with their hires they they hire people and then they're upset because they're like well Annie isn't doing what I wanted her to do. I wanted her to solve this problem. But it's so like did this happen specifically to you? Did you have this happens to a lot of people? Right. Um, but yeah, this happened to me too. You know, like uh, I, I definitely had a, a hard time letting go of um, like control. I felt like I was letting go of quality. It was just such a it was such a backwards way of thinking. Now that I have managed at this point like a hundred people, like now I can go back in hindsight and I can see all the mistakes that I made. But, um, yeah, it's just hiring people to solve problems will bring a lot of uh, friction between the two so of you. You want to hire people. You want to hire people to implement problems you've already solved. You want to keep yourself the head and have them be the hands. Now, if you're hiring another head, that's like a COO or a CFO or someone that is in a very high-end experienced position. Where they can help where you. Where they can come in and actually help you problem solve. Okay. But you don't want to hire a $10 an hour receptionist and ask them to solve all your problems for you and then not understand why it's not working. So know what know what you need when you're hiring somebody. Know if you, exactly what you need and what exactly If you need exactly a receptionist, then, then you know. You've already solved the problem in a manner of speaking, and now you're yeah. implementing having a receptionist take care of scheduling yeah. or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I see it happen all the time. You know, I, I coach um, a paint company, and they were out doing bids, and they hired someone to do their bids for them, but there was a lot of problems within that. And, and of course. the person didn't know. You know, like, there's just such a lack of communication, but when you're the business owner, it's hard to see that. Like, things that you think are very simple, you think other people should think they're simple, yeah. but they don't know that, right? And so um, communication. 
That's why I have Keenan running everything. Because right. if I think it's simple, he also, he also thinks it's simple. Yes. He's got it figured out. He probably is like, why doesn't why doesn't David think this is more simple? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that that makes that makes you know perfect sense. Um, and I, you know, over my years, the only time I hire people is when I, I, I you know, I just hire contractors. So mm-hmm. for the production company, mm-hmm. if I need another camera guy or I just need another assistant or helper, I just hire someone for that specific, and then that's it. So I've never actually had to hire anybody that I'm paying on a weekly or monthly basis right. uh, outside of. You know, like my social media people and stuff like that, but that's exactly what I'm yeah. hiring them for to fix that social media problem yeah. or not fix it, but to implement it because I already know that I need it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, oh, man, you have done so much. So how did you get – How did okay, how did you figure out that, you know, after running this massage – Massage envy. <laughs> I can't even say massage strong. I own all the massage. Uh, if it, it starts with massage, she owns it. Uh, massage strong. How did you know uh, that you wanted to start helping people uh, with business, right? So we haven't really touched on the aspect of like not only talking about your business, but this is what you do to help people. You get out there and help them, you know, grow their business on top of yeah the twenty other businesses you you got going. Yeah, absolutely. So um, to be honest, it just started with. massage strong was doing really well and I think that my friends and my family and people around me were really noticing um and especially people that were coming in to still get massages by me I was you know still massaging at the point in which I had the Manchester location and we were building out the Brandon location like things were happening very fast and I would have people come in and get massages from me they knew that I was the owner and they wanted to pick my brain on business and I loved that I loved when people wanted to pick my brain on business as you can tell I want to talk about it all the time Um, It really fires me up to talk about it. The problem was that so many people wanted to pick my brain and it got to the point where I was helping people with their businesses, which genuinely, I I genuinely liked doing it, but I was getting so many requests that I would like was turning people away. And I was like, listen, I'm going to coffee like three times this week. So were you talking to some of the people you're massaging and like, they they would like, they own businesses and they would like bounce something off of you. That's exactly right. And then you'd be like, well, why don't you try this? And they're like, I like it. Yeah. And they were like, I'm getting a lot of really good. And then people started telling me that they were coming to get massages from me so that they could talk about business. It's a pretty good trade off. You get a massage. I mean, it felt a lot like I was giving (laughs) a lot. Right. Which to a certain extent, that's what a massage therapist does, but maybe not at that level. Maybe not at an experienced (laughs) business mentoring level. Exactly. So I was like, um, I was like, okay, well, you know, and people were asking me to go to coffee outside of massage and. Anyway, long story short, I went to my husband one morning and I told him, I was like, I've got another coffee date today. Um, Someone that owns a granite company, like a granite countertop company. And, you know, I just, I just give a lot of information for free and I'm doing this a lot and it's kind of feeling like it's a part-time job and I just wish there was a way I could monetize it. And he was like, oh yeah, you can. That's called business coaching. And I was like, that's not real. It's not, there's no such thing as that. I ended up doing some Googling, found out what business coaching was, and I had my first client by the end of the day. I went to the granite counter coffee date, and I said, hey, listen, I know you like picking my brain. Um, Would you like to do this on a regular basis? We could meet once a week. Um, And he owns a granite counter? Yeah. His name's not G.J. Gerard, is it? It's not. Okay. No. That's what, I know a guy that owns a granite counter company here in town. So yeah. that's what I was like, oh, man, that'd be crazy. No, no, no. It's not. It wasn't him. And um, she ended up saying, yeah, I would love that. Uh, how you, you name the price. You know, I want to talk to you as much as I can. And that's where it started. And again, like to say a beast was born would be an understatement. I went home and I was like, I could do this. Like 
Did it feel right too to you? Did it feel like did you just because that's sometimes that's one of the greatest feelings when you're doing something on your own and you're just like you're like oh this is what I you know. Well, I I had learned business from the school of hard knocks. (laughs) Like I learned it the right way. I didn't go and get a business degree. Physically had to do it. I had to do it. There is not a single business degree on this planet that could have prepared me the way that throwing myself into Massage Strong did and. I knew that I had a lot to offer and I knew that there was a lot of people out there that were, you know, starting businesses and just learning how to, how to get their business going and how to market it and how to manage people and just everything that goes in into business making. And, um, I knew I had a lot to offer. I knew I loved doing it and it felt like an obvious yes. Like they're going to pay me a thousand dollars a month, but they're going to receive four to 5,000 more dollars a month because of me like it just felt like a very obvious transaction and the results that my my customers started getting you know i i was watching these companies grow massively you know um i helped an aesthetics practice get off the ground for the very first time within a year they were pulling in seven figures a year i helped other massage places in lexington grow to multiple six figures and then not only that, but my business philosophy is that you, your business shouldn't own you. So I was telling you earlier before the mics were on, like I run my businesses in a way that allow me to have a lifestyle and have hobbies and like have free time freedom. and raise that, my kids. That's why you did this, right? Yeah. And most people, <laughs> at least for most of us, that's why we most did people it. want that. But then they find themselves in a situation where they are um, slaves to their business. And they don't know how it happened. And and I teach people how to get out of that. Well, and I think step one is realizing that you are, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's actually stepping back and being like, oh, yeah. These ten- well, and realizing that you can get out of it. For a lot of people are like, no, I'm here. Like I can't, that nobody else can do what I do. Nobody else can run it the way I run it. And it's just this shitty belief that they've right. been telling themselves. And anything can be taught. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, if, yeah. if you know how to do it and you find the right person, you can teach that person to do it. And the truth is other people can probably do it better. For a long yeah. time, I held on to every role at Massage Strong. And then when I finally hired out, I was like, oh, this person does it way better than me because they're not wearing 100 hats. They're right. wearing one. Right. And, and they, they may it. have more experience in that one specific job yeah. over time than you do just doing it, yeah. trying to do everything. Absolutely. So have you what have you had clients that uh, that really haven't listened to you or it's been difficult to get through to them uh, and, and they feel like they haven't been as successful because of that? Because uh, yeah. I feel like you, 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 you're going to get some of these people, business owners are very, uh, have a very alpha or very alpha kind of personality, I feel like. At least a lot of them do. Yeah. And so it's hard to like be comfortable having someone take a look and be vulnerable to that. And like, yeah. And then when you get told like, this isn't a good idea, you're like, well, in my head it was, you know, because yeah. you, you made that decision to make that, you know, yeah. to do that. Yeah, people land all over the spectrum. I mean, if it's a spectrum, we've got people on one end that are like, anything you say, I'll do. <laughs> like, I'm just ready to do whatever you say. And I bet you those are your most successful people in most they cases. They are. They are. And then there's there's other people that it's almost as if they gave me the money hoping that that alone was going to change their business. Right. Like, I'm like they weren't going to have to work anymore. <laughs> like, I did it. I hired a coach. Like, surely my business will do better. You know what I mean? And so I have to get on those people. And, and for some people, they genuinely – they weren't ready to change anyway. Right. And they wanted to, but they just weren't ready. And so. Because it probably means more work in a way, right? To a certain extent, for some people, it may mean going back and fixing it, some things yeah. and putting in a little bit more time um, so that so that you're in a better position down the line. So initially it could be. Well, coaching, no matter how you approach it, like I can approach it the most polite 
way possible, but it can feel very triggering because an entrepreneur has created this thing, this piece of art. I think of business as art. You literally take scratch and you build like staff and marketing. You like you build it. It's an art. And so here's this reflection of them that they have spent hours and years perfecting to their liking. And then someone comes in that has a helicopter view from 3,000 feet up and is like, hey, this thing you're doing over here, like this is wasting a lot of time. This is wasting a lot of money. This is what you could be doing differently. And it can feel very triggering. And And so to me, it's not even that they have to do more work. A lot of times they do less work. When you hire a business coach, you end up having less work on your plate because you have another brain to bounce ideas off of. But it requires significantly more like emotional, um, uh, like vulnerability and change and with change comes a lot of a lot of emotions yep and some people i i don't like change that much most of us don't like too much change yeah so um so you, how long have you been doing it now for um this is i'm in i'm in my third year third year okay in your third year wow yeah. so what what's kind of the process what do you from like day one to i guess people do they do um do they pay monthly or do you do like, do you do packages? Like yeah. I mean, what, what are the kind of the steps that you go through to help some of the people that you can talk about without giving too much information out? <laughs> well, I, uh, I have three levels of business advice okay. giving. So the first one is my podcast. It's my freebie. This is how most people get to know me. It's called the hell yes entrepreneur. People come in there, they can listen for free. I'm on there every single Wednesday, all the business advice you can imagine. Um, from there, if they are ready to step into a more to a paid version, they can come into what I call three more. So three more is my beginner's business class. And this is all about acquiring clientele and customers, because to me, that is the very basis of having a business. You don't need to be worrying about all the back end stuff until you have a steady flow of customers. So they can come into three more. That is a lifetime access program. It's $1,500. They get access to all of the videos in which I'm teaching them how to gain more clients. Um, how their money mindset changes the way that they are uh, magnetizing clients or deflecting clients, Um, how to run a proper consult, how to handle when your client has objections, like all the things that are going to give you a strong basis of customers. So that's three more. And then I have a more advanced group. This is for business owners who have made at least $50,000 of revenue in their business in the last year. It's much more advanced. We have um, multiple six-figure earners. We have seven-figure earners in there. That's called 30 more, and that is a six-month business mastermind. And then how do you identify, I mean, is it a lot of just asking questions and then bouncing stuff back and forth and slowly working through things? Is that that what a lot of those one-on-one meetings are when you do that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I no longer do one-on-one coaching. Oh, okay. Um, So everything's online-based. Yeah. Um, Well, so it was kind of like at Massage Strong, right? Like I hit a ceiling. Ceiling. I physically couldn't do anymore. I was maxed out. Same thing happened um, with business coaching. I couldn't see any more people. So now it is three more is a program. So we have 100 people in there. They have access to all the videos. And then every Tuesday, they can come and sit down for an hour and get coaching on anything that they want, right? And then inside of 30 more, it's a much more intimate group. There's only about 12 people in that. We meet in person um, at the beginning of the six months and we do this like three day intensive where we figure out their plan for the next year, exactly what they're shooting for, exactly what they're doing. And then we spend the next six months meeting on Zoom to do business coaching uh, every Thursday. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so you are staying busy. And so that's kind of your main focus now. I mean, you've got some of these other businesses, but that is like your main focus is, is, is coaching people and helping them. 
Um, so how has your coaching style changed over the years? Because, I mean, you've been doing this for three years. I know you even this business you've made mistakes on and you've learned things from, like, just learning how to coach people, right? Yeah, I've learned how to not offend so many people. <laughs> I'm very much a no-bullshit person um, to the point where I don't even know if I have, like, a normal amount of emotional awareness when it comes to, like, having conversations. Like, when I see a problem in a business, I tell it. And, and, I, and I've learned to say it in a way that has a lot more compassion, I think, than I used to. I just didn't know that I was – I'm a blunt person too. So, by the way, I don't think I was offending a lot of people. This is just, you right. know, I don't think that that was actually happening. But I think that over time, I have really smoothed out the edges. So you want to communicate better with yeah. people so that they maybe are more receptive to yeah. your thought patterns and thought process for their business. Yeah, absolutely. And realizing that everything that I know isn't actually as simple as I think it is. That it's their first time hearing it too, and like to have the hold the space and have the compassion for them. But my my business coaching approach, I don't think has changed that much. Like right. I still am pretty much no bullshit like I'm I think that there are coaches out there that their whole goal is to be an accountability partner and to you know help their clients feel good about what they're doing my goal is not that um, I'm, I'm not an accountability partner I don't hold anyone accountable you you come into my programs you learn what I have and then if you have questions I just tell you exactly what I think um, and that style is very conducive for a lot of people and it's not for a lot of people as right. well yeah okay yeah which I hear that if you're doing marketing properly, you are going to polarize. You're going to have people that are very attracted to you and people that really don't like you. Oh, I think and that's, that's just how you the know world. you're doing it right. That, that is literally the world. You, you could be the most perfect person in the world, but there'd be a handful of people that don't like you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where, where do you want to go with this? I mean, so, I mean, what, what's next? How do you want to grow it? I mean, what do you, what do you... So the change that I made, this is, let's see, it's 2022. In 2021, um, I decided to make it way more scalable. So... It was all one-on-one. -on -one. I had a max ceiling. I knew that I couldn't do that um, any longer. Like I didn't have anywhere to go from that. So I wanted to have my life back a little bit. I wanted to have more free time, right? Exactly what I preach. So I created three more and 30 more, which has no ceiling whatsoever. It can build as big as I want it to be. I can have 3,000 people that come into three more tomorrow and my life wouldn't change, right? So... I coach on Tuesdays in three more. I coach on Thursdays inside of 30 more. I do my podcast, and this is exactly where I want to stay. I'm going to grow both of these packages, both of these as far as I decide I want to go. And uh, I, I kind of have my hobbies and my life back. Other than that, I like read books. I garden. I go on hikes. I'm living the best life right now. That is what we're all trying to do here. Yeah. <laughs> At yep. least that is the attempt, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's amazing. That, that you are at that place at your age, just loving life. I, so uh, how many kids do you have? Four. Yeah. Four kids. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you're doing all this. Yeah. This is this is impressive. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm having a lot of fun, you know, and I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. Like, there are times that I was not having fun. Like, when I was oh. maxed out at Massage Strong and trying to build it, like, I was seeing – 25 one-on-one -on -one massages which physically is like impossible and i was pregnant and i was building like that was hard and i did not like it and then when hell yes coaching i started i i took on all these clients i was just so excited at the possibilities and before i knew it i looked up and i had like 30 coffee dates every week and i was exhausted and i was missing my kids and i had gotten myself back in the same position that i was in just like two years before and i was like this is not 
what I wanted. This is not how I want to coach business. This is not right. how I want to help. People. Well, how do you realize that? How do you realize like, oh, wow, I need to step back and I need to I need to take my own advice here. Right. Yeah, of course. I think it it's was hard just to identify like, that sometimes, though. Yeah, you're not. I, there was a point where I wasn't able to go on a field trip with one of my kids because I had to work and like I wasn't able to take this one to the dentist because I had to work. And, and then like, like okay. I really just wanted to go lay in the pool for the day. But it was like the 14th day in a row that I was working. Like, you know, <laughs> when you know, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it was just like I was like, I'm done. Like I and the truth is, is that I coach better in my groups anyway. And I had a lot of resistance to that. I thought. No, these people need one-on-one -on -one mentorship, and but that was all that I knew. That's what I had sold myself on. But the, I would guess they would help each other in groups. Well, they do. You're not the only one that probably comes that. up. You're probably not the only one that comes up with some random idea. Someone says something, and someone on the other side of the group's like, "Hey, what about this?" Yeah. Well, and, and like, if oh. you're sitting in a group, let's say that there's ten of us at right. this table. This person's going to ask a question that pertains to you, even if they're in a totally different industry. They're going to say something and ask and get coaching on something that you need to hear as well. Right. As long as you're capable of flipping their question into your own life, right? Like being able to um, say that's their question, but I'm going to figure out how this pertains to me as well. And I'm going to receive coaching from that person right, right now just by watching. And so you end up getting way more coaching being in a group and way more camaraderie and community and like... I just had sold myself so long on one-on-one -on -one being the best thing you could do when this whole time, like group. It's more fun. It's more fun. Yeah. People are getting bigger results. And the more people that are becoming successful in the group, the other people are seeing that, seeing that as a possibility, seeing how they're doing it. They start contagious. mimicking it and it's contagious. And so right now inside of like, like take example, my, my more advanced group, 30 more. A hundred percent of them last round when we finished, a hundred percent of the graduates had doubled their annual revenue and ended up working significantly less hours than the year before. A hundred percent of them. And I don't think that they would have done that if it was one on one yeah. clock coaching. Yeah, I know. I agree with you a hundred percent. We do. Uh, uh, my favorite favorite uh, workout of the week is Sundays when we do my group. Uh, it's my group, me and my friends, and we just hit it yeah. as hard as we can because we push each other. And everyone works out so much harder than yeah. we do the rest of the week because, like, you're you're hanging out with your buddies. Yeah. You can't you can't be weak. You yeah, know. That's right. Uh, so I I think yeah, there's just something about a group energy. Uh, also, everyone's on the same mindset, right? So yeah. everyone in your group is there for the same exact yeah. purpose. They want right. to grow their business. Yeah. Uh, why wouldn't you want to be around a bunch of people that want to do the same thing you want to do? Yeah, and also they're in different industries, which is such an advantage because when you're in one industry, you get kind of like put in this bubble and every industry has its own culture, right? Like right. the coaching business culture is very different than the way that mechanics grow their business, right? And the way that um, house painters grow their business. And so when you put them in a group, they start like describing ideas to each other, communicating ideas that some of the industries had never even heard of. They're like, what does that mean? Like, this is something real estate agents do, but we don't do it in the coaching industry. And then they're able to swap those ideas. And it's really fun to watch. One of my members just said to me the other day, she was like, I was always, she's a, also a business coach. Okay. She was like, I always was uh, in business coaching masterminds with other business coaches. And it was a lot like an echo chamber. Like we were just all kind of, echoing the same ideas to each other she was like but now that i'm in here and i'm listening to what mechanics do and real estate agents and cpas she was like this is gold now do you do anything for further education for yourself like is there any kind of systems that you have where you set aside time to go listen to a podcast watch a video do something that you know is going to help you grow uh as a coach 
Uh, yeah, I probably sponge more knowledge than okay. anyone I know. So, yeah, I listen to podcasts every day, all the time. I have my own business coach. Um, I meet with my own mastermind. It's called the $2 million group. This is a group of 13 women. Um, we get together once a quarter. Uh, we fly out to see each other. I go to Tony Robbins events, business mastery. Um, so you're constantly trying to learn and, and, and add more value for your clients. Yeah, I just love it for myself. If yeah, I'm being and, honest. and it helps you grow your own business. <laughs> if I'm being honest, it's just fun. It's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Do you, do you ever take do you take time to sit back and just reflect on your business and where you're at? Like, yeah, uh, I try to do that every couple of weeks if I can. Yeah, I haven't worked in like three weeks today as of right now. Like I just haven't. Yeah, everything's going super smooth. Everything's oh, going really well. You're kind of working today. You're working yeah, hard today. I would say this that this is, this is like the first thing I've done in a long time. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge advocate of taking time off. That's when I become the most creative. Like when I'm when I take time off work, I'll take off three weeks here and there, probably every other month or so. And when I say take time off, that literally just means my companies continue to do their thing. They're doing everything that you know they're supposed to be doing. Um, I'm just not in the nitty gritty of the everyday. Right. And every time I do this, I come back more creative. I come back rested. I come back stronger. See, I get bored really easy. Yeah. And while I'm bored, I you start You should have four kids. I, or not. <laughs> uh, but the boredom helps me because then when I start to get bored, like if I take a couple of days off, I'm just like, I just need to take a break, right? So this weekend, I don't have any plans. Saturday, Sunday, by the time Monday hits, I've already probably thought of an idea of something because yeah. I'm just like, oh, man. I you can't be creative that. unless you're bored. Yeah, because when you're bored, then you start thinking about like, well, what's the thing I'm interested in? Oh, my business. Yeah. What I wanted, oh, I want to make more money. Oh, what if I, what if I did this? And that's how I've come up. That or right before I fall asleep, I come up with ideas sometimes. Yep. I don't know why. Yeah, it's because your brain's cleared out. It, Same yeah. reason you get them in the shower too. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I have a little. We don't allow our brains to get cleared out like that. We have this like phone in our hands all the time, and the moment that we feel any sort of boredness, we start scrolling, and it just completely takes away any chance but of TikTok's creativity. But TikTok's so much fun. It is. <laughs> but yes, no, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So maybe that's what I need to do once a month. It's no phone for a month or not for a month, but like once a month for a day. Well, it's just something that I love to do is like, um, I'll go down to do my work in my office and I'll put my phone. I literally like hide it. Like I'll put it on the couch behind a pillow. Like I'm like, okay, it's over there across the room. And, um, I will do my work for like three to four hours and you would not believe how much I get done. It's yeah. amazing, and I'm creative the whole time, and I'm thinking, and I'm just but in a whole other headspace. But then you've got to all the texts and social media stuff for the next two hours that no, you missed. No, nobody's allowed <laughs> to text me. <laughs> no one has my personal. Nobody. Don't text me. Ah, fair enough. No, that's that's good. Um, so so really the, the, the distraction with the phone is more you playing on it than people sending you texts or emailing you or doing whatever. And yeah. The best investment I ever made was an assistant that fields all of that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, which is why you didn't probably get your paperwork that I was supposed to send to you because you came through me and not my assistant. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I should have, I should have. I, I was looking. I also looked last night. I was like, man, I wonder if she submitted that. And so I'm sorry, like, it happened. I should have texted you to send it to Nicole. It's all right. Well, I mean, we can still send it to Nicole, and you can get whatever you need. Yeah, if that's helpful. Uh, well, so if you want to send logos or whatever, we'll add the logo yes. to the video sometimes, uh, like in the corner or something. But. Cool. Um, but for the most part, outside of that, it's more or less just it allows me to prepare a little bit better for the podcast. But you're just you're just like, hey, we're not going to meet. I'm not going to send you this paperwork. You have my Instagram. Uh, we're going to go with that. And yeah. uh, we'll you know, we'll see yeah. how the podcast. Po Do your goes. own work. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's so, the way I run my podcast, too, though. It's like um, I like to be a little bit prepared because uh, there are specific things 
Uh, like we're going to have a, a guy named Nick Truby. Uh, I don't know if you know him. He's a strength and conditioning coach. Um, but he has uh, he does a lot of research on modern, like whatever's coming out in the world of fitness. Mm-hmm. So if there's a new machine or like new new exercise style or something like that, he likes to kind of keep up with the scientific aspect of some of that stuff. Yep. Uh, but he also worked at UK and he did all the um, the different uh, body fat percentage machines. There's like three yep. different ones. There's a yep. water one and the, so he do, did all those. Yeah, I so. got my kinesiology degree at UK. Oh, so I've okay. been in yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yes. So. I like to do a real research on some of the stuff he's knowledgeable about so that I'm somewhat knowledgeable gotcha. in my question asking. I see. The good thing is your thing is fitness and business, which that's my life. So I feel like yep. I don't have to. I just we can just riff literally. Yeah, we've been <laughs> off, riffing off, since I walked in that yeah, door. We can literally just riff off all the things that we've that we've dealt with over the years. I mean, so I mean, I've been at least part time since for about 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and only two last two or three years full time on my own. So. Gotcha. I love that. Uh, I love it. Huh? Yeah. No, oh, uh, I do. Yeah, we do. Uh, however, it's my roommate that's the real disc golfer. I mean, he's actually he has his lifetime earnings are like three hundred dollars. Yeah. So. Well, there's yeah. So he's won some like local tournaments or something. So my yeah. my roommate he's trying to go pro. Really? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, he's. I'm sure he's run into my husband several times. Oh yeah, it, especially if your husband's is your husband pretty good. Well, he just started about a year ago, but he is pretty good. What's his name? Mark Pike. Uh, well, doesn't doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, they do Shilato and veterans a lot. I don't know where yeah. he plays. Shilato and veterans. So, yeah, but there's a good there's an excellent chance that he's seen me. I'm uh there's a there's a couple guys that run and run shirtless and do it. Uh, but that's probably him. Oh, does he do what's he? He's always barefoot. Okay. okay. If you ever see a barefoot man, that's okay. my husband. For well, real. He barefoots every a, time. A shirtless I, – I, I never wear a shirt when I'm out there because yeah. it's just like, so Yeah, that's how he is. Vitamin D. Like, yeah, of course. Like, give it to me. Uh, so, but there's a couple – there's a uh, – but anyway, so I was trying to be known as the shirtless guy, but apparently there's a lot of other shirtless people well, in disc golf. we are very into biohacking in general where, you know, I could go all day on, on nutrition and sunlight and sleep cycles and, and all that shit. Because I'm into that kind of stuff too. Yeah. The, the biohacking is, is actually yeah, quite interesting. He barefoot he's, – he's really into grounding. Like we're big believers in, you know – Grounding. Yeah, like taking your shoes off and, and okay, touching the earth and the ions. So – um, there's ions in the, there's energy literally in the earth and there's energy in us mm-hmm. and there's a transition of ions that wasn't happen that when the you're whole grounding. concept behind the balance band thing, the what balance band, remember the balance bands they put on your wrist. That was all based around the ions supposedly. I don't know. So, uh, I, don't I know. could be wrong, but, um, I know that the only way to like charge the ions that we have is through negative ions and you can only find negative ions naturally in the ground. This is where like tree hugger came from. People that are right. hippies would hug trees. You can also get it from touching trees. Well, that was the whole thing with the balance bands. They try to convince you. They put the negative ion in the. That's in interesting. The, I yeah, haven't heard you never of that. saw that and they would have you do like the little balance test. And you'd have to stand well, up. Well, I like, know that there's like the seasickness bands that have to do with pressure points. Was yeah. it not a pressure point? thing? No, it was a whole thing about negative ions that made you stronger. Interesting. Uh, I mean, when I was selling them at a kiosk uh, like 10 years ago, I mean, they were popular for like six months before they got debunked. Gotcha. Uh, like literally they got so popular. It was uh, um, Sacramento Kings. Uh, it was the balance band stadium. And then like two months later, they got hit for being 
like a fraud. Well, hey, there's something to be said about the placebo effect, and if it was working for oh, no, people, no, it 100% worked. Like, because you could, there was this like spiel that I had to give about negative ions and energy and like um, uh, frequencies or something. I yeah, forgot yeah. what my. And then you would what you would do is you had people do this thing, and then they would you would push them over, kind of get them off balance, and then you'd put the band on. <laughs> Yeah. And then all of a sudden their balance got better. Their balance got better because you'd already taught their body what you're going to do. So your body now knew how to respond. That's hilarious. To, I mean, that's really what it came down yeah. to. Your body was like, okay, he's going to push me over. I am now going to fight against that. Yeah. Oh, wow. This band really does make me stronger. Right. <laughs> I know. Seriously. But yeah, if you see someone barefoot disc golfing, that would that be would my be, husband. Okay. Yeah. He's got, he's got all the tattoos. Um, he's definitely going to be shirtless, even you, if it's 30 degrees Do you guys out. follow Liver King? Ever heard of a guy named Liver King on mm-hmm. Instagram? You yeah. should check him out. Big biohacker. But they're they're all about eating uh, organs, a lot of animal yeah. organs. I yeah. don't know if you guys I do that. I just ate some liver this morning. You can <sighs> yeah. encapsulate liver. It really? makes it a lot easier to take uh, if just you encapsulate it. Just like a pill? It. Yeah, the Liver yeah. King has like liver pills that he has. Really? Yeah. Yeah. See, I would I would eat it, or I would take a pill, but I just like yeah. So you can buy empty capsules, and then what we did was we would get livers and we would cut them into very small pieces, um, and then encapsulate them and freeze them. And so, like, I would just swallow frozen frozen raw liver. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it? Have you just tried eating it? How how horrible is it? It depends on how you eat it. So, like, there's a beef jerky called Anchor, and they will. They have like beef jerky liver okay. jerky, right? Um, it's pretty good. Is it okay? Yeah, and it still has all the the nutri- mm-hmm. nutrients. Okay, yep. Because I mean, I he's this liver king guy's kind of got me convinced. It's just like I don't, man. He did this this thing where he went through and he ate like like bull testicles. Like it was like every ten feet he was pulling a sled with like two or three hundred pounds. Yeah. This guy's jacked. And he just different organ at like yeah, each like we were stuff. created and I was like, to eat organ meat. Like we are supposed to eat organ meat. I mean, it makes sense because it has stuff that our body seems to. Yeah, in fact, really muscle like. meat, like what we eat now regularly, muscles, um, was kind of the like leftover shit that our ancestors ate for filling, right? But the organs came first. Yeah. That that was always known as the most nutritious part. Well, the, of the and animal. that's the thing. They probably noticed a difference in the way that their bodies, like, because there wasn't a lot of variations probably in their diet. So right. if they were eating just the muscle meat and then they started eating the organs again, they probably felt that they yeah. might have noticed, like, oh, when I eat this, I feel better. Right. Or, like, my body performs better. Right. Well, and there was no wasting of stuff, right? So, like, <laughs> the bones. So have you had bone marrow, like, right out of the bones? No. Oh, have you? So oh, yeah. We Does eat a lot of bone good? marrow. Hell, yeah. It tastes good. Really? Um, yeah. Like, my, my primal ancestors are speaking through my soul when I eat it. They're like, you need more of this. But we do um, – I do my own bone broth, right, okay. to try to extract the marrow that way. But also, you can just buy bones, like slit down the middle, and you can bake them. You can put seasoning on the top, and then there's just this marrow that you can just scoop out with a spoon and eat. It's like pudding. Really? No, yeah, I've never. Very yeah. good I, I think I've, I've got bone broth, so I do a, I do like the like the, the, the there's a different kind of broth that's like you know it has like ten grams of mm-hmm. protein, like fifty yeah. calories. It's like a yeah. powder, and I yeah. do that. Yeah, I when I don't make my own bone broth, I use Kettle and Fire, which you can get at Kroger or at Whole Foods, but it's the only brand that I can find that actually uses bone. So a lot of bone broth containers will say bone broth, but there's no like legality behind whether or not they have to oh. use bones. A lot of times it's like vegetable broth or um, animal broth from the muscle meat being boiled in. So and you they have can to still look... get to that protein content. 
Yeah, because it comes from like the the meat. But right. yeah, you have to look at the um, ingredients and see that they're actually using real bones. And I know that Kettle and Fire is one of the companies that does. Huh? No, I did not did not know that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess that that might be my next adventure, right? Uh, my biggest thing was was uh, you know figuring out my good workout plan over the last couple of years, and then over the last couple of years, I've been eating better. And now that I've got that down, uh, I'm also I'm a huge fan of sauna and steam room. I don't yep. know if you sauna or steam room, yep. uh, hot tub. I do a little bit of hot tub. But that's usually yeah. if I got a sore muscle. Yeah, you do cold plunges. Yeah, we got an ice bath in there. Yeah. You know what? Before you leave, I'll take you out to the gym. Okay, uh, we got an ice bath. We got a sauna in there. I'm, so I'm big about recovery. So yeah. I think that uh, sleep is. I know a lot of people like uh, Joe Rogan and David Goggins push this like yep. push your body, push your body, push your body. Which I think that we can push our bodies when we need to. And I think there are times that we need to not be weak and push our body but i also believe a hundred percent that rest is very important well joe rogan's and david goggins are both like a hundred percent in line with cold plunges steam saunas rest recovery sleep they're big aura ring people right yeah so but they're not they're they don't like especially goggins specifically does not push the recovery part as much so his big thing is if you get two hours of sleep, you get two hours of sleep. You can sleep you're, you're, when you're, you're dead. Yeah, you no, know, I mean, but that's his thing. And but he, there are. I think there's a percentage of people in this world that genuinely have this this motor inside of their body, and they can do that. Yeah. But for the average person, you you go two or three days on just a couple hours of sleep, and you're doing a lot of physical activities. They start to fall apart because mentally they're starting to fall apart. Right. And so David Goggins, his body, believe me, his body is probably not taking it too well. Yeah. But mentally, he's like, sorry, body, yeah. we're doing this. Yeah. We'll we'll deal with this later on in my life. Yeah, uh, but I love that mindset. Um, but I, I you know I think recovery is huge, huge. Recovery is huge. What kind of sauna do you have? You know, to be honest, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, it is we bought it um, off somebody, and the control panel actually we couldn't get it working. So I re rewired the rewired all the heaters to just plug directly into the wall mm -hmm. so now i have no control panel so the heaters just come on at full blast yeah but they don't get it's infrared so it doesn't get that hot gotcha uh so then we put a space heater inside of there and about every two or three months we kill the space heater because it gets so hot and they just die and yeah. then i spend 15 bucks and buy another space heater cool yeah, we um we have this room in our house that's like this big it's like a huge storage closet when I say huge, I mean, it's like the size of this room. It's okay. not massive. But uh, my husband wants to turn it into an actual sauna. Like, go ahead and get it, like, yeah. insulated and get, like, a glass door and, like, do the whole, like, sauna steam thing. So I want to do that. Or we're going to do a barrel sauna. Um, but right now we just have one of those, like, individual saunas that you can step in. Yeah. Like and that's, on the, yeah. yeah. Um, but we're big into the sauna. And we got it's a huge. cold plunge bath as well. You know, go out there and break the ice before you can get in and – it's crazy. I don't do the cold. I don't do the ice bath as, as nearly much as, as I probably should. Yeah, because it sucks. It's not fun. <laughs> so I, I do it if I know I'm getting into the sauna. But to be honest, nine times out of ten, I go to the YMCA. Mm -hmm. They got a much bigger sauna. So I can, I, I don't like enclosed spaces mm -hmm. uh, too much, especially when I can't stretch. Sauna is my is my work. It's like I relax in the sauna, but I also go in there to relax and stretch. So like while I'm in the sauna, I'm trying to do work for my body. And it's just it's a good 20, 30 minutes of dead, to, dead time to work on the body. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Do you follow Rhonda Patrick? Mm -mm. Oh, she's my favorite. Okay. She's more like nutritional based. She's not, she's not going to give you a ton of fitness advice, but, uh, more like nutrition. Nutrition's good though. I mean, we need yeah. that. Yeah. 
but she's a huge sauna advocate. I think of her as like the godmother of sauna research right now. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to think there's a guy, the, the other big thing, there's another guy on, uh, on YouTube and I watched a lot of his videos and he talks about how some of these saunas have these electrical, electric magnetic pulses that come out and they're actually not safe. A lot mm. of these infrareds, so you got to be careful what's infrared saunas. So that's why I'm a big fan of like the old school, just plug in heater sauna. Have you, this is a little off subject, but have you started following the knees over toes guy? Oh, <laughs> is it over here? Let's see if this is in my drawer. Uh, yeah. Yep, <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Him and his face I'm when he lunges like this. such a huge fan of him. Uh, he kind of looks like Ben Greenfield in a way. Well, I mean, now you just opened it up. I mean, because Keaton always says I have to talk about my broken knees. Has this helped your knees? 100%. Yeah. So I I think depending on what level you're at and how committed you are, there some of that stuff is really good. Um, but I think there's other stuff that people could be doing to help their knees. Oh, yeah. You got to start with the lowest hanging fruit. Um, and so I think like my mom, she did it. I got her on it um, and she did it. And I think it helped her knees out some. But one, she did not stick with it as well as she should have. Um, and two, I think that uh, – even though some of his exercises can be modified, um, I think even even completely modified, there are just some people that need to start at even lower level than that. Yeah. Um, so to me, with any type of joint pain, you have to start with the lowest hanging fruit, which is inflammation. Like you have to just start with lowering the amount of inflammation in your body. Right. Period. And for a lot of people, that's changing their diet. That's completely changing their diet. Yes, and people are completely capable of that if we think they are, right? One of the biggest problems I think is that we've decided that people aren't capable of completely changing their diets. That's why you go to the doctor's office and you tell them that you've got bad knee pain and their immediate thing is that they're gonna give you a pill. And the only reason that they do that when they know that it's inflammation based is because they don't think that they've already capable. accepted that you're not gonna, you're not gonna which do is it. bullshit. There's so many people that are uh, capable I mean, of changing. Think about the pandemic, right? So the the, one of the largest causes of people to get COVID and die from it is obesity, like being overweight. Mm -hmm. Were there any campaigns during the whole entire time that we were pushing vaccines, also pushing a healthy lifestyle? No, of course not. Alongside of it. Fine. Let's push the vaccines, right? That's fine. But let's also push a healthy lifestyle. Like, let's also say, hey, this is, this is going to lower your percentage of getting COVID. And if we change our diet and we change our exercise routine, and that's what kills me, is like we're, we're always pushing medicine. When a lot of what we need to be pushing is just a healthier lifestyle. Well, a and a lot of that is like it. financially driven, and we of know that. It is. But also, a big part of it is just not believing that people are capable of doing it. And it sucks because there's so many people out there that would kill. They would do anything to get out of back pain, knee pain, hip pain. They would do anything. But no one is telling them, hey, the foods you're eating are what's causing at least 70% of the pain that you're having right, right. now. Well, and it's the – but that's, it's, that's maybe like the 10 or 20 percent. It's the 80 percent that constantly show up to the doctor and like I'm not going to do anything. I know, but my heart goes to those 20 percent. Oh, 100 percent, right? right? Like yeah, the people that are they, willing to put the work in. Yeah, they yeah. deserve to know. Nobody's telling them. Um, it makes be, me crazy. Because you can't make money that way. I know. Um, and that's – yeah, it, it's, it's, it's infuriating. So um, one of my passions and missions being a personal trainer is to constantly <laughs> – is to just be pushing – positivity and other alternatives. Well, it's not even another alternative. It's just something you need to be doing. Yeah, like absolutely. It's, like we look at exercise like, oh, and it, we should be looking at it as like, this is like going to going to work. This is like eating. Like these are just things that we need to be doing for our body. Um, and if we're not doing it, uh, you know, 
people pay the price. Well, and it's like, I don't think everyone, quote unquote, should be super healthy. But like, if you want to feel good, right? then this is the answer. Right. Yeah. If you're totally okay with just normalizing stomach pain and headaches and like lethargy if the, if you're if and i'm not just saying this to be like a dick like you like there's a lot of people that genuinely are okay with that and they want the lifestyle that they have and they don't right they change, don't want to they don't yeah and they don't want anything different like fine do you but for the people that like genuinely don't understand why they have headaches and lethargy and like brain fog and bloat and just you know shit feelings yeah. depression anxiety it's like well, and it could be something they as small as just a lack of vitamin D. I yeah. remember uh, when I moved to Montana and I came back a year later, uh, I got in a job working at a storage unit facility. And I remember driving to work every day and just feeling like in this horrible fog. Like I was fighting to like focus and like live. And I was like, why is this? I'm going to the doctors and found out my vitamin D or C was like so low yeah. that my body was such a so deficient in it yep. uh, that I like physically like it, it affected the way that I function. Yeah. But if. But if that's how you've been living for years and you don't know any better. Yeah. No, a lot of times people don't know any better. Um, I get my blood levels checked very often. Um, I'm a customer of Wild Health. Uh, do you know Matt Dawson mm -hmm. over at Wild Health? Um, but he – so something that I found out is I am a under-methylizer. So the methylization process that happens in your body, uh, people can either methylize normally or they can be under- or over-methylizers. And one of the biggest um, symptoms of being an under-methylizer, this has to do with your B vitamins and folate, is if you aren't converting it properly, you have um, extreme wants to achieve, um, more anxiety, more needs to like do 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 and more tendencies for like ocd and then if you're an over methylizer it's the opposite like it's really hard to get you motivated it's really hard um oh and under methylizers have is there um, a way to normalize it yeah and okay. under methylizers have a problem with uh like having compassion for people and understanding people. Whereas over methylizers have like too much to where they, they hear a story yeah, about an under if I'm one of the two. <laughs> yeah. They hear like a news story about right. a kid dying and it like puts them into a, a oh, fucking wow. funnel for a week. They're just sort of like spiraling wow. out of control. Right. Is this common? So, yeah. So I'm an under methylizer. So they put me on a uh, methyl guard, which is a thorn supplement. It's like uh, all the bees and the folates and, um, I'm trying to like retrain my body how to transition folate into whatever it transitions into. And anyway, since I started taking it, I have been significantly more relaxed, way less anxiety, way less um, need for achieving. I don't know. And I just feel way better. And so sometimes, so what I'm getting at is sometimes it is as simple as a pill. Like we don't have to always go and like kill ourselves in the gym and like find all of these different ways to feel better. Sometimes it's as easy as getting your blood levels done and realizing that you're low in vitamin D or your yeah. B vitamins. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah isn't that wild? So. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I, I had never that. heard of it. Yeah. I go to, uh, you know, optimize you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I go Corey Cope. I think that's his name. Yeah. I don't know his last name, but Corey, I think he's the owner or one of the owners. Yeah. Uh, partners but uh i do uh i take i take testosterone and yeah. so i go through them and so i get that the nice thing about doing that is i get my blood work done every three three months so i can yeah. kind of they like but i don't know if they look for what you're talking about i'm guessing where you go though they they may do a little bit deeper dive on the blood oh my god where i go it's insane before yeah. you even become a client of theirs they take um your dna they take like 
a massive blood panel, the most blood I've ever given in my life. You have to pee in a cup. Um, and then you have the option to get your microbiome tested as well, where you poop in a cup. I had to breathe in a bag and they tested my, uh, breath, like my, uh, yes, it's bacteria in it my breath. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but they tested all of that before they even spoke to me. And I was like, really? damn, this is, this how is much was that up. to get going though? Uh, I think it's 900 a year. Oh, okay. So you yeah. just pay. You they just make pay. it very, uh, very, very That's accessible. That's actually not bad. No. I mean, you, you think of a 900, but I pay, I think, 175 a month for testosterone. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, it's well more than 900 a year. Well, I think the 900 a year is your basic blood panels and then the service that they provide, like, as being on text. Like, I have, like, an app where I can okay. communicate with them all the you time. You go get checked, what, how often? Uh, quarterly. Quarterly, okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. So, man, you have... Uh, You've done a lot, and you've still got a lot to do, or maybe not. It sounds like you're kind of trying to get to I'm that point of like, now. yeah, <laughs> trying to get to that point where it's just kind of like, okay, I've got some things that are working here. We just got to keep managing them. Yeah, you know, I um, as far as the businesses go, like I want to, I would, I just, and I preach this all the time. Like, I want to continue to get to my to myself, to my true self. Like my true, the true essence of Becca Pike is hiking with her dogs, with her kids, gardening outside traveling like that is legitimately who i am now I'm i do see love you rolling business. around in an rv i'm gonna be For seeing sure. like the whole family this For sure. rv living now yeah and i do love business and i love talking business but i want to do that to support the real version of me right and now we're at the point where the company has grown far beyond what i thought it could like i had never considered i never i was never trying to be like a self-made millionaire right. by any means like it just when it happens, it's like, oh shit! Like I, I'm, <laughs> I could retire. Right. Like I could just be done yeah. for a while, you know. And well, I mean, you the, the massage strong probably brings in enough money to where you could, you know, probably oh, live off that without doing the business stuff. So I mean, I think it's great that yeah. you're continuing. I mean, you're doing what the way I, the way anybody that should be doing a business, right? If you want more free time, you're doing it. The exact way that I think I would be doing. Yeah, it too. and the coaching world, business, the brick and mortar massage strong is a lot of fun, but um, it has a lot of overhead and it requires paying a lot of people, paying a lot of money. We had to take out business loans yeah. to build those. You know, there's a lot of overhead that goes into it, and a lot of effort and a lot of work and managing of people and construction. Right. And so, yes, it brings in a lot of money, and I'm very happy with it. But then I've got Hell Yes Coaching, which has almost no overhead, and it brings in yeah. even more money than than Massage Strong at this point. And it's just like, I don't know if I'll ever open another brick and mortar again. Yeah. Well, I guess what I'm saying with the Massage Strong, though, you can pretty much, if you decided today that you wanted to be pretty much hands off, right? Yeah. Outside of probably some basic administrative stuff, you could. Yeah. Where the coaching, you do have to be somewhat engaged with the coaching if you're going to continue to do that. Yeah. Right? So. I definitely would have to be engaged in the podcast, but I could technically build the coaching industry or the coaching business in a way where I hire someone to coach inside of three more weekly, a really bomb ass. And you could kind of have the same setup and I could do the exact same thing. Right. So I could, I could easily be retired right. if I wanted do you, to. Do you worry at all about like people being like, I came for you and not some other person? No. Or would you still be somewhat involved anyways? No, I mean, I would be very clear with everyone. Like, what the, okay. yeah, it would be in the contract or something. Yeah. That makes no, sense. I'm never worried about what, here's the truth. Like, I'm never worried about taking transitions that is going to deflect people because I will just then problem solve. 
how to just get more people. There is an abundance of people out there that need business coaching, an abundance of people that, that want what I have, regardless of if it's me teaching it or if it's just right. me in the videos or whatever it is. No matter what transition you take in your business, no matter what choice you make or decision you make, you just problem solve to to create demand for problem that. Problem solve is fun, actually. Personally, yeah. I enjoy a good problem solve. Yeah. Especially once it officially is solved. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, so when people have problems in their business and they get all bent out of shape, I'm like, listen, you just a puzzle was placed in front of you. You just need to solve it now. And then when you solve it, it's going to unlock a well, lot more money. Because if you don't solve freedom. it, then it's just going to cause more problems. So, you, yeah. <laughs> so you know, you got to sit back and figure it out. It, yeah. And move on. Yeah. It's not a exactly. problem. Well, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, uh, maybe we'll have you on again down the line. It sounds like there's a whole section of biohacking that we could go down. Yes. That's, uh, that's a whole fun subject, uh, which I haven't had anybody else on that knows enough about it that, it, that we could dive into it. So yeah. I think it would be very interesting. Um, but yeah, here, here's your chance to plug and talk or let, let everybody know about your businesses. And uh, if they haven't already figured that out by now, I mean, that's all we've been talking about for the last hour and a half. <laughs> Yeah, if you um, want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram my handle is at one Becca Pike. You can also follow my podcast, The Hell Yes Entrepreneur, on all major podcasting platforms. Um, and yeah, you can you can come check out my website, Hell Yes Coaching Online. She's got a great podcast. You guys should definitely check it out. I mean, I listen to it, so it is super fun. Um, it's got a lot of good, valuable information. A little bit different format than me, um, but still very entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's. I can't believe that I'm allowed to just have a mic in my face. <laughs> just talking, talk. Just talking shit about life. Just and then for some reason, life. people want to listen to and it. And then people listen to it. It's amazing. I don't it, understand. It really is. It really is. Uh, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, maybe we'll see you down the line. Thank you for having me. All right.